as I as I said inside the stadium, whether you heard me or not, if I mean at the end of the day, I'm only I, I'm only used. No one wants to win silverware more than I do, and if if anyone deserves success, then it's you lot. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right, everyone, welcome back to the 1892 podcast. This is episode two um, with myself, Dean, and Stu. Hello. Thanks very much to everyone who listened to the first episode. We received some great feedback, um, and we appreciate um, the messages that we've had. We're going um, to aim to be bigger and better going forward. Um, We'll keep listening, keep feeding back, and we'll try and make it as best we possibly can. Um, for you listeners. Um, but as I say, thanks very much. Um, without you listening, there's no point in us doing this. Um, and a special thank you to Football Matters, um, who gave us a shout-out on their Periscope last night. Um, so as a return in favour, give them a, a follow on Twitter as well, at, at Footy Matters TV. Top lads. Um, Stu, if we dive straight in, um, we'll talk about the Brentford game. Yes, certainly, mate. So obviously it's weekend gone. Um Massive three points, really, in reality. Kind of spent this, the whole of the second half on the back foot. So some quite major talking points, I suppose, in this game is the, the major one's Gale, the Dwight Gale injury. Yeah. Um, kind of worth mentioning first, though, what a goal. Dwight Gale's uh, goal he won the first half. What a, what a strike into the side netting. That was impressive. Um, it, you know, it's it's clinical. That's, that's the difference between... Uh, Newcastle and in Brighton and Villa leads as we've got Dwight Gill that that only needs two three chances and he's going to score goals. Yeah. Anyhow, so we'll talk about his injury in a bit, but in in my opinion, massive three points obviously made a massive difference because Brighton lost. Um. So they they still got a game in hand on us, but back at the top of the table, back in business, uh, grinded the result out. Happy days. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I think for me, um, and I'll refrain from sitting you hit the nail on the head, maybe. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, we've ground the result out, and as you said, um, perfect week for it as well with uh, Brighton dropping the points. So that result couldn't have come at a better time for us. Um, but, We've just shown character there, and especially in that second half, Brentford were on top. Um, and, you know, I, I think it was a, a true test of character. And these are the results that you've got to take away the, the three points from, where you've got to show that um, little bit of uh, metal. And, um, you know, when your backs are against the wall, um, come back. And to be honest, again, we mentioned it last week where wasn't 100% confident actually that there would be another goal in the game yeah. against Birmingham mm-hmm. and I, f- I felt like that against Brentford when they were coming forward I thought you know we're, we're going to struggle to get a goal here but touch of quality from Perez yeah. outside the right foot brilliant cross to be fair and, and nice piece of vision as well and, and Murphy loves that centre forward play where you, you, do, you know you've just you've got to get in the area get on the end of it and obviously Murphy did the rest and just a shout out for Murphy as well. Um, for me, Stu, he's shown real professionalism this season. Yeah, he's, he's experience. You can see his experience really shining through when when he comes in and, and does you know specific jobs like that. Yeah, he's doing exactly what we 
Goldman, you know, just on that Goldman, obviously Perez is it's a, that's that's the difference in class. Say that we're talking about in podcast one. Um, yeah. Perhaps where he plays in the Premier League and he, he is that step above, kind of the rest of the players in the Championship. Because if you notice when he when he does cross that ball as well, it's not just aimlessly put into the box. That's that's pinpoint that on Murphy's head. Yeah. Um, big thing for Murphy as well. He's not just shut his eyes and power that on target. It's he's actually. Uh, flip that past the goalkeeper, like a real centre forward header, you know. Uh, it it just, uh, I mean, it's it's a little bit sort of a daft comparison. It's certainly not the same level of player, but reminds me of the kind of headers that Ferdinand and Shiri to get on with. And, yeah. And um, you know, probably the, the kind of headers that I'd like to see Mitrovic on the end of. Are you, are you, I'm honest. Are you seeing that you Shira? Is that what you're saying? No, no, not at all. But um, I think, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of positives to take from that. I think um, sort of defensively as well, we, when you're getting that pressure on a consistent basis, you, you can end up folding and, and you can end up conceding another goal, another two goals. And, mm-hmm. and I think Lascelles had a poor game. And um, the lad who scored for Brentford was Vibe. And from, from what I gathered when I was listening to the game, he had Lascelles' life. Uh, he, he was pulling away from him and stuff on a regular basis. So, but we managed to to Grind it just, to stick in there, I think, even if it was a skin of a teeth. But mm-hmm. mind you, we had a few penalty um, shouts against with that. Yeah, could have could have easily have went against with. Well, but, it's it, the lovely the lovely show around over the season. Don't that's what people say. The lovely show around. Um, yeah. God, if you think back over some of the games we've had. I think even the first game of the season against Fulham, we had a, a, a few good penalty shouts, you know what I mean? So Yeah. But the, we're, not, we're obviously not going to talk about referees in this podcast, but uh, being at a lot of the games this season, you know, in comparison to games I've been in previously, there is definitely a difference in the of referee in the championship. Um, and that, there has been one or two good ones, um, and I, I can't remember the names, but I just remember going to some games and... and I thought, yeah, the referee's done a good job there, but there's been more, more so than, than not. Mm-hmm. The, the, the referee's been quite a bit there. Just on Brentford's goal, obviously, uh, Vibier's scored in the, I think it was just after half time, really, 50, 52nd minute, I've got written down here. Yeah. If, uh, if you watch the goal, so the cross comes over, um, and the, the ball's about to bounce, so unforgivable that the ball's going to bounce in the box um, without anybody attacking it. Kind of, that's. that's my main worry with Lascelles and Clark is that they don't they don't attack the ball as much as what they should for the type of player that they are if that makes yeah. sense so it all comes to, to put something on it if you, if you watch it it's a strange parry but he, he tries to get something on it he's the one that's took the initiative you know yeah. um, the ball's bounced about a bit and then being knocked in but it's, it's worrying to me when you see a corner bouncing in the box man that, that's uh, that's poor Really poor. Basics. Basics. It's stuff that you get taught at school, but I think, um, you know, something important after that goal as well, what I was thinking about listening to the game was um, reaction. What was the reaction yeah. going to be? Yeah. And do we, have, do we have the confidence to come back? Because after the results that we've had of previous weeks, I was just wondering, is that little bit of confidence just starting to chip away? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but the reaction in fairness the reaction wasn't great in the sense of we didn't get back on top 
Because if anything, as, as we mentioned earlier, that was Brentford who got on top of it. But to then go and get, um, you know, further injuries, uh, you know, I think when you when you see some of your, your, your decent players getting injured, it, it can mm-hmm. have an impact on... on Just the, disrupts the, rhythm, doesn't it, if anything? It, do, it, it does, yeah. And, uh, but they had a goal cleared off the line as well. It hit the post and... Um, obviously, they don't have the goal line technology in the championship, so um, I haven't seen that up close. Have you seen it, Stuart? No, I've not seen it, pal. I'm not seen it. I don't care. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but you mentioned the gear injury earlier, and after yeah. we may as well address it now. It, it sounds like it's as good as news as possible on the gear front, so he's not going to be out for too long. But it, in the same in the same breath, though, so it's his hamstring, and the type of player he is, he's an explosive player. Yeah. Uh, does a lot of running, covers a lot of ground, and he's had hamstring injuries before. So, yeah. I mean, I'm a bit cautious to say he's going to be back in three or four weeks. I, I very much doubt that, to be honest. I think yeah. we're looking at March before he's back. So, in that respect, we're going to need to get someone in because Murphy's not going to be able to do this this month by himself, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Rafa says that if if all was going to be okay, he was just, they were going to set it sort of day by day, but. I guess it's it's a it's a wait and see more more. The, the the issue for me is is just the fact that it's Gale and Mitrovic is out at the same time. And yeah. you just touched on it. The the weight is now firmly on uh, Murphy's shoulders. I mean that's the thing. It, it, it's a wait and see because there's conflicting reports. So you, in in some media outlets, they they're saying several weeks several weeks. Some are saying you know it's only three to four weeks. Nobody knows until the club come out and say this is how long he's out for. You know I mean, or, yeah. but in that in that respect, though, if he does, for instance, if he does miss five six weeks, that's going to disrupt disrupt his form and rhythm. Um, oh, I agree. Because it, because it, if he misses say five five six games, comes back, he's going to take maybe maybe two three games to get into the swing of things. Yeah. So just just to look at a look ahead, really, Dean, is in the next four games. I think. I think it's massive that Shelby's coming back as well. Um, so I'm, I'm dis- discounting the Birmingham FA Cup game here, by the way. So next four championship games for Newcastle. So we've got, uh, we're at home, Ro- home to Rotherham, so that's three points in my book, that one. Uh, away to Brighton, home to QBR and home to Derby. So for me, they've got to be aiming for 10 points, where perhaps we're picking up one against Brighton their way. Yeah. Um, Brighton's next four games, they've got Sheffield Wednesday at home, tough game. Yeah. You've got Cardiff at home. Cardiff coming off a back, a back, back of a couple of good results. Um, always tough to play against a Neil Warnock side. Uh, they're away to Huddersfield and away to Brentford. So yeah. Brighton's next four games aren't easy games. They're going to drop points over them. I think they've... I mean, and to be honest, we're no different because we've dropped points. But dropping the points there as they did the weekend against Preston. Yeah. The, the, this league... Um, is no different to the Premier League yeah. and the other divisions. Uh, how many times have you put a bet on where um, you, you think you've got the banter? Didn't, I didn't bet. Didn't bet. One, one, one team's let the accumulator down, and it's it's the banger. In any division now, teams can all beat each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and uh, the, the the divisions are all competitive. In the championships no different point is Odin, what, what, what I'm getting at here is when Brighton are top of the table I had no doubt that they were going to drop points 
So yeah. it, it wasn't panic stations that we were second no. and Brighton were top because they are always going to drop points. Then they're not going to run away with the league. But doesn't it show as well, though, Stu, this week, after that result against Brentford, the, the kind of the vibe of the fans has completely changed. Um, even to, before the Brentford game, there was, oh, they sat in the other, Brighton will go up top and uh, people starting to panic and people starting to slay players and this, that, and the other was yeah. quite negative. And it's it's all been quiet just because of three simple points. In one week. I remember in the Brentford game, just having a flick through Twitter during the game, Brentford equalised. And uh, the, or, I already like, sort of started to see like, the negative uh, tweets coming just because mm-hmm. we were drawing a game uh, midway through almost. Right. I was just saying, it's, it's silly, but we've, we've, we've got... Uh, you know we've we've got um, a lot of work still to do, but as you touched on it, teams around will drop points. Brighton being um, obviously we're main rivals, um, no doubt we will. But I'm I'm confident in the in the mm-hmm. the, the side. Brings us on to the point. Hayden um, isn't as bad as first fourth, but Ania doesn't look great, so he'll be out for a while. But mm-hmm. he's been a, a bit popular. Yeah, yeah. But coming just touching on the transfer market, not talking about specific. Um, players or anything like that, but what we've seen earlier in the season was a lot of rotation. We've, we've come to a point now where that's starting to just slow down a little bit and mm-hmm. the, the strength and depth of the squad has actually really been shown because yeah. we've got some injuries, we've got players away. Is is the strength and depth to the squad as much as you would like or do you think actually there's still a little bit of work that needs to be done? Uh, I would go with the latter, to be honest. Just... Just because we're going in the Birmingham game now, I think I think it was kind of said that we were sixteen fit players, senior players. Yeah. So possibly, or if you don't, the twenty threes are going to get a game or get a chance. Anyways, whether that's on a bench or starting, that that remains to be seen. Yeah. But the squad is what what the squad needs to be for the championship. Um, it's I'm not worried that we're playing Murphy up front against Rotherham, QBR and Derby at home. I'm quite comfortable with playing Murphy at home, especially with Shelby coming back into the team because he's going to hit them diagonal balls. Like yes, we we still might have to change um, with Gale out the team because because bloody hell Murphy's not going to chase the channels. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but that's when we need to get with number with number tens and the, and the white men in and around in and around them. So maybe we do become a bit narrow, but you know that's 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 the way it's going to have to be. Um, whether that means Perez gets a few a few games. Remains to be seen. You know, it was encouraging that he played well against Brentford, or apparently played well against Brentford. Um, let let's see that continue, and let let let's see him link up with with a with a target man, uh, like Murphy. You know, he could feed off the scraps, and uh, and Murphy's not a bad player. You know, he he he's, he can uh, hold the ball up uh, really well, and, and playing Perez in behind, in behind. So his encouragement there. I'm not worried. Um, obviously, Gale scored. 20 goals, man. I mean, God, it's 20 goals by January. Well, interestingly, Stu, the last time we were in the championship, I think that the burden of goals was spread a little bit more evenly Aye. across yeah. the team. Mm-hmm. But our top scorers um, for the championship last season were Andy Carroll and um, Kevin Nolan, and they both scored 17 each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it just goes to show, doesn't it, the kind of the reliance we're having on. But, 
let's see, you know, let's let's see everyone else chip in now, you know, and um, and share the responsibility. Gale's kind of carried us in some games, uh, popping up a goal. I'm thinking particularly against Leeds, um, and and even that Norwich game, they're, they're told, yeah. you know, the four three, just with them snapshots. Uh, but yeah, he's got he's he's got us to where we need to be. Um, Murphy's not gonna not gonna be fierce. He's gonna come in. He's gonna do the job. And I, and, I, and I I definitely think with Shelby coming back in, it's going to be a big boost. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. Just a quick question mark as well. You know, we'll not have the answers yet, but we've, we've seen Sammy and um, Seri on the bench as well at the weekend. And probably ideal opportunity for, for both of them just to kind of yeah. just be put in there and, and actually say, look, can they adapt to this this side and is there actually any future there for them? Because if there is a future, that's great. And, and um, if they can cut it, um, you know, let's give them a few more opportunities. Mm-hmm. And if the, and if, if Rafa decides that actually they can't, let's let's let the lads go and go and play first team football and, and, and let them get on with the career. Because it just gives a question mark for me on is the confidence in these players? But I guess that remains to be seen, and, and I'm sure within um, the last um, s- sort of small part of the window that's remaining, I guess we'll find out that answer. But does Rafa have confidence in these players? And, and mm. Is he actually going to is he going to dip the toes in in the championship? Because I think it would be it would be a good learning curve. Obviously, Sammy was at Cardiff last year in the championship, and that didn't really work out. Yeah. He did he did well at Bolton in League One. So that's the same kind of step back up the game, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's good. It's a great opportunity for, for Sammy. Um, I'm a bit doubtful whether he can take it, but it's interesting with Sterry is that uh, obviously with Anita's injury, he's, he's coming in, he's going to be competing with, with Yedlin. So yeah. positive positive for him. I, I, by by the report, he's had a good good time with Coventry. I know Coventry haven't been doing too well of late, but by all accounts, he, he's, he's had decent games. So so yeah so yeah, uh, competition for Yedlin. Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him start against Birmingham to be honest, Terry. So let's see. Why not exactly? Last question on this uh, topic for you, Stu, is um, two options. Would you have preferred to have been beaten at the weekend and took no injuries? Or would you have preferred the win and took the injuries that we did? I would always, always prefer the win and take the injuries. Yeah. And, and, and can I, I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming that's because you have full confidence in the rest of the lads that we've got available, yeah? Because we've got a, we've got a squad. We've got a squad of players that are um, aiming towards the same goals. Yeah. At the end of the day, every football game is a battle, isn't it? So you're going to that, that game, you're going to do whatever it takes to get the three points. Yeah. So... It, if it meant if, if it meant taking a draw and we kept we'll say Gail Gail was fit I'd still take the three points Aye, I mm. agree especially if you consider the the nature of the injuries we're not talking a season out and stuff like that so no, no, no. going into the Birmingham game um, John Joe Shelby straight back in the team but, so if there's going to be changes as obviously from the weekend um, as, as much as what there can be I suppose Shelby starts for me. Let's get him back in. Get him playing the ball again. Let's get him in the rhythm. Um, people like Lazar are going to come back in. Han yeah. will play. Uh, Matt Sells will come in. 
Um, what, what, what about any of the, the young lads? And I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about the likes of Lazar and stuff who's been on the fringes. I'm talking about some of the, the lads that didn't play um, earlier in the week for the, the sort of the, the under twenty threes. Um, do you see any of them featuring? Probably being on the bench. Would you say? I think uh, I think there's a good chance. Definitely. I, I, I don't know whether they'll start. I, I'm not too sure because I think I think Rafa knows that. Obviously, we've got Oxford. If we get past Birmingham, we've got Oxford in the next round. So yeah. that's that's it's not a direct buy into the into the fifth round, but that's yeah. a, that's an opportunity there. So if you if you're Rafa there, you're sitting there thinking, right? Yeah, we've got a few under twenty threes on the bench. If we're two two three up. Let's give them a few, a few of them a chance. You know, maybe 60, 60, 60 minute mark, 60, 70 minutes. But but let's get the win. I, I want to get through in this cup competition, and and that's not saying that the under twenty threes can't can't do the job, but but let's not take the risk. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think uh, you, I think you're right because what we want to do is get this job done in ninety minutes tomorrow as well, and, and not mess about. Um, but obviously we've got that. We'll, we'll have a little bit of extra belief and confidence after the Brentford game, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm hoping that it will be jumping there um, tomorrow night, and um, I, I hope that um, sort of the, the crowd can just get well along in the game, and, and if if we can get off to a quick start early goal, mm-hmm. um, it'll, it'll be a great place to be, and, and I'm sure I will, if we do get that early goal, there'll be two and three more because Zola's under. I don't know if he's under pressure actually, um, but he's certainly off to a poor start. Yeah. Um, uh, after getting rid of uh, Gary Rowett, which is obviously shown to be a poor decision now. Um, but we'll, we'll see. But I, I think the writing's on the wall for. I think we, I think we can do a job on them tomorrow. Just a question for you, Dean. Not related to the Birmingham game, but if there was an option to bring back Adam Armstrong now, would you take it? Probably would at this very moment in time, mm. um, because Gail and Mitrovic are both out. Yeah, and I would like to see if he's got anything to offer just in and off the striker. As an example, I think a great foil would be uh, Murphy and Armstrong. Those kind of kind of characters. Yeah, yeah. I think Armstrong could be in and around Murphy, and obviously Murphy would be a hold up in your aerial threat. Um, I would like to think they would very much complement each other. I think that's going to be Armstrong's key um, thing throughout his career is it'll be very much who he can build partnerships mm-hmm. with. Yeah, he's, he, he's certainly not an out-and-out striker on his own or anything no, like that. So, no. um, but I, I think, I think there's certainly something to work with there. Um, we haven't seen enough of it yet, and. No. I, I just hope, and this is no dis- disrespect to the lad I'm going to mention, but I just hope Armstrong doesn't turn out to be another Adam Campbell because he, people were mentioning like sort of similarities to Wayne Rooney and stuff when Campbell came on the scene, weren't they? But a bit, you know, I, I think it's clear to say Armstrong's got a bit of problem, hasn't he? Uh, he has, but it's still to be proven in yeah, terms of the, that's it. In, in the level. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Absolutely. For for me as well, Stu, just something I, I've kind of been thinking about today, just to remember about tomorrow night as well, that's going to be, um, for for some people, the first game that they'll ever go to. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the young little nippers, and 
kind of forget about that about the cup games, but credit the, the club as well. The prices are dead cheap. Um, it's like a ten or four adults, and is a free quid for the bins. I, th- I think I think so. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the obviously level seven will be short, and it'll just be the, the you know the thirty six, the old thirty six thousand, you know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. It it just like I just remember we obviously spoke about it last week with the the UEFA Cup being our first game, and uh, that's one of the things that I like about the cup competitions. It was my daughter's first game mm-hmm. in the the League Cup last year. Cup competitions are all about getting the youngins in and and like getting that new wave of supporters to get that first taste of what it's like to be inside St James's Park. And it's kind of like it's quite a nice magical feeling, that isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And, and oh, yeah, you, absolutely. You take you, you take that for granted, but I hope that for all the young little nippers that are there for the first time tomorrow, I hope they leave with um, a victory. I hope they leave with a positive experience. And um, as uh, everybody knows, obviously, um, we mentioned it last week as well about uh, War Year 1892. Um, they're obviously pushing a lot of positive lives and stuff at the moment in terms of trying to do something within the ground. Um, but uh, they, they just um, mentioned as well the day I was having a big crap with them on Twitter, the corner's pretty much almost full. There's a few spaces left there. Um, but there is space at the top of the Gallagate, so um, it, the Gallagate's not a bad place to take it, your band for the first game. Um, so hopefully, the, the, like I said before, they enjoy it, you know? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, like I said, costed perfectly by the club. That, that's what you want to see, you know? I'm just going to read a, a few headlines for you, guys, and see what you made of this, okay? Okay. So we've got uh, Newcastle Chief Mike Ashley reinstates controversial transfer policy of selling young stars with sell-on value. Yeah. Newsflash. Club signing young players with prospect <laughs> with the potential of going on to bigger and better things. Aye, right. next, uh, next section. Rafa Benitez was given free reign in the summer as he brought the in the legs of Matt Ritchie, Dwight Gale. But Mike Ashley has confirmed that he wants a club to go back to how they previously worked. So that's without a 20-goal striker and a positive white man. Yeah. Goes on to say, Mike Ashley has reinstated Newcastle United's controversial transfer policy after a series of no holes barred meetings with the Magpies hierarchy this week. So, no, in your opinion, mate, what, what, what do you see as a no holes barred meetings? They're the tops off. <laughs> what, what, what's going on? It's laughable, isn't it? Well, I'm not going to read any more of that, to be honest. Like, so, and let's not even name him, to be honest. He's a Villa fan looking to, to do the dirty on really, isn't he? Yeah. What's, think, what, what's your take on it? It's poor. It, it's I very poor. It is. I, I don't know what value I can add in terms of my input, but it, it is poor. You've touched on it. You know, uh, he's apparently a Villa fan. Um, it's, like you say, it's the... It's the sensationalism of, of some of the, the the words that have been used and the no holds barred means like I, we're we're doing okay in the league and stuff like that. I, I don't think there'll be any no holds barred going on. Um, and I think for for me as well, the question is, you know, flip it back. Let's have a look at Rafa's business. Um, has it been a success or not? And I think at the moment, whilst we're top of the league, I think regardless of um, 
whether it's worked for every single player. I think as a general, you've got to say that it has been a success. Yeah. And you're talking about a manager here that's won copious amounts of trophies, been in all sorts of different environments, mm. um, different leagues. He, he knows what he's doing. And you know, we're realistic enough to know that his strike rate of buying players isn't necessarily going to be 100%. But he's not bought all of those players to come in and be starting players. He's no. brought some of these players in just to compete and to create that competitive edge into the squad, which we've obviously lacked in the past. And, um, you know, not because he's got that competitiveness, some of the players are going to find themselves having less time. Mm-hmm. Does that mean they've been a failure? I, I don't think it necessarily does. No. Um, so, for, for, for me... Ashley's probably just came out and done what any other chairman would probably come out and do. He's probably just making sure that actually as a business, he wants to make sure that there's, you know, there's, there's some terms of potential um, revenue there. I just hope, it, you know, we're not, we're, we're not, um, I hope we're not going to get into that situation where we're talking about make Ashley a little bit too much again. Do, do you know that? Oh. For me, Dean, this this is a, a pointless shitstorm. So yeah. what really bothers me is is when you see fans tweeting bloody George Colgan from the Times or fucking Lee Raider asking what's <laughs> happening in that like uh, lads, how am man? Like uh, you just you're doing exactly what that writer wants yeah. to happen. How am man? It's Mike Ashley's there's there's probably meetings going on around transfers and what the best strategies are and the, obviously a few of the targets haven't come off this is the January transfer window that's what happens yeah. um, we're no different to most of the other clubs out there I no. think just just to point out as well we've, we've, we've put this um, on the podcast tonight because we've been asked by a handful of people to bring it up because it, it's a relevant topic at the moment but I think I think you've hit the nail on the head it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a nothing story. Um, for me, mate, for me, Benitez today coming out and saying nothing has changed. That's fucking, that's black and white for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If Benitez says nothing changed, then now it's changed. The fella who did the article as well, um, sort of trying to shit stir the fact that Graham Carr was getting more involved and stuff like this. And it was like, well, he's actually, he's, he's still always had input. Um, just trying to like you, like you say create situations that are irrelevant and trying to put spins on them that don't exist but you know I think if, for, for me um, it's irrelevant but can, can you imagine like the mirrors of a, a, a fucking comic anyways like well, imagine if your job is to sit there write I, I don't even I don't even maybe it's 300 words and that's horrible your job's there, you can sit behind a computer and write a, an imaginary story, 300 words, there you go. Are you happy with that? Are you, are you happy with your pay and what you're doing? Yeah. Probably one one valid thing we probably can bring up with this. You've hit the the the, the, the topic, I was going to say, I'm trying to say something different, it's saying you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I was trying to do it again. <laughs> seriously, though, the point you've made there is really... You know, it's, it's really valid because the article, 300 words or something like that, you say, and all this, all these are is about getting clicks and stuff like that on the internet now, and it's it's always like sort of headings, 
that promise more than actually what the, the art of art has. Mm. Um, and we see it in plenty of other places. You touched on it at the beginning when you brought the point up. Is it a case of that being under pressure? And stuff, right? You don't know. When I very first, in, in, as an example of how this can work, when I very first saw the article, I saw it was from the mirror. By who the way was there's a link between the club and the mirror. I thought, oh, hang on. And then I seen it and I looked at it and I thought, is this is there something in this? But when I actually read the article and read through it, I realised it was probably just a load of shake. And then I'd seen a few more tweets coming about he's a Villa fan or whatever. And at the end of the day, when Rafa came out and just went, Look, I'm just getting on with my business here, nothing's changed at all. Aye. That was a job done. Well, the, 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 the successful thing for this idiot that wrote it is the fact that it's actually got all the way to the manager and he's had to answer a question on something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's won. He's got, he's got what he wanted. Well, if I can on that point, because we're talking about it now, we'll, we'll move on. Um, we've had a, a tweet out this, uh, this week's due from at Belfast NUFC. Mm-hmm. One of our followers... It brought up quite a canny little uh, question actually and um, wanted us to discuss uh, the job that Lee Charney's done. Yes, yeah, and um, if there's been a change there as well. So you remember the recent um, piece in the Chronicle and it came out actually that generally the fans are happy enough with Ashley being at the club. And um, I guess what we can discuss is it does that apply to Lee Charney and be good at just to review it, but after we got that tweet, I made a kind of like a few notes and just looking back on kind of the history there, and, and I wanted to kind of look at as a overall how well has he done in the job. So I, 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 I think I think for me, mate, you know, like obviously he's he's got his, his bad. God, we're talking history here, where. We could talk about anyone. Ashley, Charlie, we've drawn the lane. We're get we're getting on now. We've got Rafa at the helm. I, th- yeah. I think the most positive thing is 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 Rafa. He's a clever bloke, Rafa. Like, and I don't think he probably means it. He just says it to kind of uh, tick things over, you know. He, but he he says over and over again that it's he's he works well with Lee Charlie. Like I've heard him say them words quite a few times. Quite a lot, and that's yeah. that's nice to hear because you can see there's a bit of unity there. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems to me though, like Charlie's he's doing the background job at the moment. He's not, he's not the the focal point of the God. I mean, th- when you when you look back over the over the years, Chris Moore and Derek Lambias, they were they were the front men, you know. Derek Lambiesi. Lambiesi, aye. <laughs> they were, but they were the front men. They were always on the telly. They were always on in front of the cameras. But he, he's getting to me. It seems that like Charlie's getting on with his jobs. Um, the, the most notable thing is that the, the communication from the club between the club and the fans is dramatically improved. Now, that's not necessarily down to him, but he's the managing director, so yeah. he knows about it. Aye, of course. I think, I think one thing that I'll give him credit for is I think he's definitely taken on feedback. And whilst we're not saying that we're at the end result and everything is perfect, there certainly has been improvements on all sorts of different topics. But you've made a good point that he's in the background getting on with his work and that's really the way that it should be. Um, and I think something that's changed with Newcastle is, you know, and it, it, it speaks and drops. In the past, you know, we, we've given the press 
things to write about, we've actually, we've readily give them out of our hands things to go and write about and, and call us a circus and all this kind of stuff. And isn't it kind of, I, I, I guess, I kind of take some satisfaction from the Mirror article to say, he's obviously, he's, there's nothing there from the write about, so he's just going to actually go and dig and try yeah. and find something that doesn't exist. Absolutely. So that's a good example of how things have changed. But as an overall, uh, you know, I think there's still a lot for him to prove as far as I'm concerned. I think one positive that came from the summer was the the way that we dealt with the Sissoko sale. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, we had a price on him before the Euros, had a decent tournament, inflated his price, Tottenham wanted a little bit less, Everton were coming in as well. We stood firm and we got... Obviously, we got a lot of money. We got 30 million for him. And, and Daniel Levy at Tottenham is renowned for being a, a tough negotiator. But I would like to think that Charlie came out on top in that one. Yeah, you would you would think so. I mean, well, it proves in the pudding, actually. So Tottenham have got a player on their hands that isn't performing. And we've got rid of an unhappy player and 30 million pound richer. So, yeah. I, think, I think also just the... The fact that we've actually went out and invested in a serious manager with credibility that 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 speaks volumes. That actually there's, there's a change in how we're trying to do things as a club. So we've stepped away from trying to get people on the cheap, such as Pardew and McLaren, perhaps and Carver as an example. Um, you know where everything's kind of on a budget, and you know these aren't necessarily in your top level managers and for the first time in a long time we've got a manager that well in fairness and I, I say this with a with a, a realistic view we've got a, I was going to say we've got a manager that matches the size of the club but in fairness in terms of what Benitez has achieved his reputation is bigger than the size of the club in, in terms of if you want to compare um, but that's the positive thing I can see us winning a trophy in a few years' time or so, mm. I can see us going on a cup run. I can see us getting back into Europe in Aye. perhaps you know four or five seasons. The, th- the thing is, the thing is with Charlie and like other managing directors is that people don't know what what criteria determines success for them. So like, yeah. what is their role? It's not defined. People yeah. don't know what they do in the background. Yeah. So, oh God, I mean, obviously Charlie's his head is his lows, certainly had his lows when you look back at how the club's been handled, which was transparent. But yeah. like, like you've, you've totally just clarified the, the whole scenario there because you've got Rafa Benitez at the helm. Lee Charlie doesn't need to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think um, as well, you know, we've touched on um, sort of, we've touched on a mixture of, of, of positives and, and negatives, but ultimately, you know, we, we suffered relegation and for me, we pulled the trigger on McLaren a little bit too late last season. Yeah. Um, we should have got rid of him before we went away um, for the training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have been the perfect opportunity for us to bring a new manager in. And we went away on the training camp and if I remember rightly, did we get beat off Bournemouth 3-1 after the training camp? That's right, yeah, yeah. And it just felt like that was that whole period of time was a waste of time. So we we went too late. Rafa came in, did as much as he possibly could 
and ultimately it wasn't enough, mm-hmm. and that was a poor decision on from what from what we understand as supporters, um, his responsibility because Ashley very much says as well, John is running the show, um, and also for me something that really bugs me and it happens not necessarily just at our clubs too, but more clubs um, seem to be popping up with these kind of contract clauses as well, and um, you know it comes on quite nicely for one of the next topics, but with Townsend as an example, you buy that player in the January and then there's a close mm-hmm. where, you know, there's there's there's, there's a kind of a mediocre fee attached to letting the lad go yeah. um, and stuff like that. And we've had players like that before, but I don't know, what is a final point, what do you think overall? Do you think not, not, not so good in the past, doing okay at the moment Just... and... and Keep on keeping on, lad. Do what you're doing. Aye. Aye. And keep your head down. Keep your head down. The big talking point that's circulating more um, into the week is about the possibility of Andros Townsend joining us again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ran a poll on Twitter um, and we, we got quite a, a few responses back on that. 51% of you said, pass the pen, we're signing no issues at all. 35% um, says, yeah, but we don't want any daft clauses in the contract. 6% of you said you weren't fussed. Um, and 8% says that you haven't forgiven them. So I'd like to open this one up to us, uh, Stu, and, and kind of have a, a chat about it. I don't know your views. We've not really spoke too much about it yet. We wanted to save it for the, the podcast. But um, just to highlight as well before we dive in, actually, sorry, is... Um, he did actually like a tweet that was sent out by um, at NUFC Blue Star, and that created a bit more of a, a stir as well on Twitter and, and kind of people jumping on the bandwagon and stuff. But there have been reports to say that there are apparently discussions and um, he's open to the idea. So I'll fire straight at you, Stu. What do you think? Would you take him back? Wait, for starters, what, what percentage are you in there? Are you in that 51%? <laughs> I'm not, no. No, no, right. So I am, and the reasons are, so you, God, the people that don't forgive him, swallow your pride. He was only here for, what, yeah. 13 games? Yeah, it's not about forgiveness. Right, it's, no. There's no, there's no direct so connection that, to the club. That, that's out the door, right. So you're, you're talking about a, an exciting winger here who's 25 year old, England international. So we actually need, need another wide option. He, Plays, we've seen him play before, he plays from the right, cuts in on his left, scores goals, creates chances. You know what, he's a threat, he attacks the full-backs, he, he turns defences, he's, he's, he's an old-fashioned winger. Someone, something that Richie doesn't do. So it's it's another, it's a different option, it's a different way of playing. Whilst Richie's a bit technical, maybe he's in, in the Solano mould. Yeah. You've got Townsend that attacks full-backs, gets the other side and can get balls in. Um, for me as well, it, it would be a positive mood uh, move getting getting Townsend in. He's, he's he's just that that dynamic player that we need. He's a runner. Um, you know, he made a positive impact last time as well. So in the thirteen games he was here, scored a handful of goals. He was leading late. He he had a good relationship with Rafa Benitez as well. But um, by all accounts. They, they had a good understanding. Rafa didn't want to lose him. He wanted to play in the Premier League. Understandable. 
everything's think, moved on. I, I think not only with Rafa, but the, the supporters bought into him and got behind him. And I yeah. Think, um, I think it's evident actually from just things like Twitter that it seems to still be good. There's still be still seems to be a good feeling. About the lad. For, for me, you know, for like, I, I don't blame him for for leaving to a Premier League club. Like, Palace are a smaller club than Newcastle. That that's given that, so that's why people are calling that out. But God, Tom Cleverley's just left the Everton to play for Watford ahead of Newcastle, simply because they're in the Premier League and it's in London. That that's gonna happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, I agree with pretty much everything you've said. For, for me, there's a couple of extra things to think about as well, though. So, just to, to clarify, I thought um, at the end of last season, he was he was the best player. Um, I thought he offered something to the, the club that we hadn't had for for a long time. And like you say, that real old traditional out and out winger. Um, and, you know, it was quite surprising because he does like to cut inside, but he didn't have a problem getting straight down to the byline as well. And, um, he could go either way, mm-hmm. um, pace the burn, and ferocious strike on him as well. And he chipped in with a, a handful of goals. So love the player as far as um, and you know as, as the the back end of last season was concerned. And you know was if it wasn't for for the likes of him and maybe one or two other, we probably would have struggled a lot more than what what we did, mm-hmm. and we, mm-hmm. even though we did struggle. You can't blame the lad for going to Palace. At the end of the day, like you say, he's a footballer. He wants to play his trade at the highest level. Um, and, you know, we've seen it plenty of times before. Other players have left and went on to do great things. So mm. you've got to you've got to respect that. And, I, and obviously, Rafa didn't stand in his way. And I think that's, that, that's what a gentleman would do as well. And, and I think, you know, it, it, it's... It's credit to the way that we go about handling our business. We've we've said to the lad, look, thanks for your efforts to try and keep up, but you know, we respect you want to move on and we wish you well. So things very much ended on good terms. We got an extra million for him, I think, if I remember rightly, um, from what we paid. So again, that's that's it, that's okay. But coming back to the point of the possibility of coming um, in January. So he left because he wanted to explore the England opportunities, play in the Premier League. My question is, okay, so, so what's changed? Because you're only talking about a handful of months and he's not been as regular as he would have liked at Palace. The England opportunities, um, if, I, if I'm right, did he get into the squad actually? At the no, no, he missed out and by it, obviously... It- as it turned out, we needed a, a winger with that um, attacking threat, which we didn't have. Yeah. So, I certainly know that he's not been a regular and stuff like that. I, I remember he was getting spoken about, the, but it, it's obviously, you, you know, the, the ideal scenario hasn't came to life. Though. So, what I always remember as well is Rafa came with a club and very much made it crystal clear and I won't forget this he made it crystal clear that we're not a stepping stone for anybody mm. and there's a little bit of there's there's no issues there's there's certainly no uh, hatred there or anything for the lad um, but I'm trying to put myself in Rafa's shoes if I was a manager would I want to bring that lad back into the changing room when I've already bought 
uh, replacement in terms of Richie. As I say, different style of player. The first thought is, how is Richie going to feel? Is he going to feel like he's not really achieved what he should have? Number two, in terms of setting out that um, that philosophy of saying we're not a stepping stone, that really does kind of um, that goes against that. So, does that have an impact on the dynamics of the the squad? Couple of couple of couple of things for me, Dean. Yeah, is you, 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 so you're talking there about um, what's changed. So, I mean, the, 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 obviously, I'm not kind of stupid here, but the glaring obviously thing was that we got relegated. Um, so people make mistakes. I mean, I've got no doubt about it. Wouldn't it changed if if we finished seventeenth and Palace was sixth? They put a bid in. He was not going to leave Newcastle again. Palace is he? A couple of things as well. He's a London lad. London lad probably living at home, close to his family. Can get can get the Palace games easily enough. Um, but I mean, the, the main thing for me is, and we talked about this in the first podcast, Dean is does does signing Townsend better? What we currently have, and for me, he does. Yes, it. I, I understand that. I think one thing that is different, you said, was the championship. I don't see that as being different. Though we got we got relegated, yes, and he knew we were going to the championship, but we are actually in the championship at the moment. So that to me, that's that's no different, and he does he does improve with. But something that we've got at the moment is we've got Richie who's left footed. We've got Atsu, who's left-footed. I don't think Sammy's going to make any big splashes, but us also left-footed. And you've got Hufan, who's right-footed. And Hufan certainly isn't the long-term answer. To bring Townsend in the game, if we were going to do that, I'd probably say we'd have to be looking at moving somebody on because we would, we would start to lose a bit of balance. And for me, if we are going to sign a winner, I would probably prefer that we, we signed a right-footed winger who was um, out and out able to play um, down the right-hand side and just because what we've got at the moment is we've got um, if Richie's starting on the right he's cutting in if we've got Gufran starting on the left he's cutting in and I think we sometimes lack the ability to just get those balls into the box and we're trying to do that neat and tidy little link up play around the box and stuff but just get get balls in, get them whipped in across and I know Gail's not the biggest lad, but just get them whipped in, that sort of, keep them low in between the defence and the keeper and that's kind of the areas that Gail can pounce on. I, th- I think, I think kind of, not doing tons of uh, disservice yet, but he's, he's, he's not bad on his right, I, I would I would say he's probably more comfortable on his right than, than a lot of left wingers, uh, left or right wingers, but yeah. I, I've, I've, I've seen him straight balls with his right foot, um, score goals like I, I don't see so you're saying you prefer a, a right winger who? Who, who, who who's got that, that direct nature that Townsend's got um, of his ability that can come in who's more comfortable on his right I'm not getting paid to be a scout <laughs> <laughs> called you out there like unfairly I suppose to be, to be honest, I mean, the point that I'm making is uh, I rate the lad, great player, but as a manager, I've set some very clear kind of um, expectations of what I'm about and um, what I want the club to be about. And I feel like if we went back there, I think we'd go against kind of those values that Rafa has set out. Um, and I think 
it's it's one of those where it's generally not wise to go back to old ground, and it's it's sometimes just actually better to to look forward and, and move on. So, so in your in your four categories, which one do you fall under? Are you the I'm not bothered, or are you I'm not forgiven? To be fair, it's 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 certainly not that I'm not fussed because I'm probably rating too much to to not be not fussed. Mm. Um, I don't get as wrong as well. If we do sign them, I wouldn't be kicking off a stink about it. Um, but I've just given you my sort of logical reasons why yeah, I yeah. think there's something to think about. But certainly, this I'm not in the camp of not forgiving them. I just I, it's more of just a case of. Actually, it's it's probably a, about a, a seventy thirty split on. I would stick to my guns on what I've what I've done in the past, and and I would just be trying to, to move forward. Um, just 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 one one kind of final thing for me on Townsend. So twenty million for Tom Kearney from Fulham, or yeah. thirteen million for Townsend. Right. Some of the some of these prices that are getting bounded about for players at the moment, and even in the championship and stuff, is silly. Um, was it was it twelve million that we were getting quoted as well for Robbie Brady? Uh, I I mean, God, there was there's some. I think Scott Hogan's going to go to West Ham for fifteen million, isn't he? It, it's it's quite as me. It's it's well, it's just the way it is, and at the moment, but I mean, thirteen million represents great value for me. If that's if that's what the fees believed to be, for Townsend, I, I know that's what we got from him, but we were a a, a team. Um, in decline, you know what I mean. So, yeah, and that was that was contractual, anyways. If we're paying what we sold sold them for, that's that's no issue to me. If he's a twenty five year old, you know, thirteen millions a snap for him. Yeah, but we'll see. I, I, like I say, I think um, regardless of what happens, if he if he comes back, you know, I, I'll certainly get behind him as I would for anybody. Um, and if 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 we pass stones meet, then I wish the lad well. Do you know what I mean? No, definitely, mate. Uh, Dean, did you see me, me lovely graphic I did the day for the uh, 1892 pod team at two? I did. Was that when you were getting paid at work? Was it? It was. So it was on me, uh, on me lunch hour. I would say, Dean. All oh, right. Uh, but anyhow, so we're, we're going to do this just, just a daily kind of um, historical team. Uh, I tell is you, you name the eleven. Uh, you name the subs. What time the subs came on? What not? Um, you name the score, and you've got to give us the opposition. So yeah. anyone that gets a right, they'll get a shout out on the on the podcast. Uh, pointless cheating for losers. They didn't cheat. It's pointless. So obviously we we'll put out the the team um, today, and the answer was Blackburn. So we've got three people who got the the answer right. We've got at NUFC fan twelve. Uh, we've got at Teeps underscore, and we've got at Greg Clark. Yeah, uh, well done. It's probably probably an easy one to start, and they'll get a lot tougher than that. And uh, I'm sure Dean's got uh, deep pockets he can offer some prizes soon. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's the point you made about not cheating as well. I bet you'll be some sad case for the went to Google and try and find it out. Well, I've got no doubt out of them three winners, I'm taking an average of half <laughs> being cheats. So, uh, so, what, so 1.5 of those three cheated? So one and a half person cheated. It's just... That's a way life is, mate. Like, where's the pride? <laughs> Got to turn into a Donald Trump yeah, rant here, isn't it? Aye, so we've got our lap up, eh? Aye, mate. Right, enjoy, enjoy your, uh, your cup of tea then, mate. <laughs> uh, 
Um, thanks very much for listening again, everybody. Uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, uh, there's no point us doing this if you're not listening. So we appreciate um, taking time out to listen in. Any feedback, give us a shout on Twitter at E92Pod. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll see plenty more of us um, over the next few weeks. We'll keep them regular. Um, but yeah, take it easy. Up the mugs. You know, we were, just, we, were, we were sort of talking about it yesterday, how quick it goes on. It's almost like it wasn't here. And, you know, no matter how important um, individuals are to football clubs, the most important thing is, is the actual football club. Um, we've got a fantastic dressing room in there. You know, we all care about each other greatly. I mean, I think that spirit shows on the pitch and, you know, on the back of a week, which is um, topsy-turvy, shall we say, to, 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 to be kind to it. Um, we've turned in a magnificent performance. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's onwards and upwards and the king is dead, long live the king, is what they say, yeah. And how impressed have you been by the new manager? It's only been in two days. <laughs>